All right, guys, um, we kickstart today's uh, podcast with uh, none other than Kai Thomas. Welcome. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Mate, um, thank you for joining us. I thought I'd kickstart a little bit about your journey. I know we've, I know you've covered it off in previous podcasts, but in terms of your actual growth, what I saw from the outset, because I've been in real estate for 12 years now, I've, I've obviously seen you with Gav, yep. and you've had this explosion a couple of years ago, about two, three years ago, if I'm correct, yep. where you've... Where you kind of took it, it seems like you just took it serious. Even though you do like the glitz, the glam and all the fun stuff. Yeah. It seems like a few years ago you switched your mindset and you went pro. What happened there? Yeah. It was more so like, you know, Gav and I have have always worked awesome together as a team. But it was time for me to, to, you know, put my own team together and, Mm. and throw myself into the deep end. So I went from, you know... Gavin Kai to just Kai and team mm. and I yeah that was the switch for me is like I want to make it you know for myself in this industry mm. obviously working collaboration with with Gav as an individual but I want to grow my own team and my own business so from three years ago until now I was just looking at the numbers and you know it's um it's been an amazing thing an amazing journey yeah. What would you yeah. say has been the hardest or the biggest challenge from going from being part of a team to you're now the leader of the team yeah um, consistency. You've got to stay consistent. Um, as a leader, you've got to show up. You've got to, you've got to do what you're saying that you're going to do. You can't be barking out orders you know, to your team saying, you know, you've got to be on the phones unless you're on the phones yourself. Um, and sacrifice is another thing that you'll endure when you become you know, a team leader. Um, all the good things we were just saying before, all the good things like the partying and all of that stuff has kind of gone out the window um, until you get to a level where, you know, you are consistent in doing, um, you know, the numbers, the mm-hmm. four sales a month or, you know, four listings every month as well and just keeping the, the machine moving. What was the tipping point? Was there something in particular that made you say, hey, look, like, let's take this serious now? Was it putting on a team member and having a wage to pay? Yeah. What was it? It was, it was just, mate, it was just putting my balls on the line, to be mm. honest. It was like if, now or never. And mm. what's your plan B if you don't make it in real estate? And the answer is there is no plan B. Mm. Um, you know, this is, this is my passion. This is what I love. This is what I wake up for. And the people that are aligned with me in my team and in TRG as well, we all have, you know, a very similar mindset and, and yeah. focus on, on the job. For sure. Yeah. And I see, even at the start, I heard that you bounced around a bit. So you went yeah. from Dulwich yeah. Hill, you came back, or you went to Raywide Double Bay, you went yeah. back and then back and forth again. Yeah. What, what made you stick to real estate when you weren't getting those results and you kept changing yeah. around? So when I first finished school, I went to Joey's. And then after Joey's, I was like, you know, my dad was very much like, you need to go to university, you need to get an office job. Mm. And I tried it out and I was like, mate, I I fucking hate it. I can't look at, like, mate, props to people that can do it all day and everything, but I can't. What nationality is your background? uh, English. So I was born in Cambridge, but I I look like a mix. I look like I'm Spanish, Italian, everything under the European sun. So um, I tried out, you know, in in the stockbroking industry. Um, I sat there and I just, mate, I fucking hate it. I couldn't wait to get Mm. on my break. Mm. 
I tried out real estate and I was like, this is amazing. You can get the best of both worlds. You can sit there and you can do your prospecting and your data, but the majority of it is just building relationships with people, mm-hmm. which I love. And I love connecting dots. And I love chasing it. I, at Joey's, like, I love sports. So, like, the, it is very much sport-orientated, I think, real mm-hmm. estate. It's a, it's a it game. Really is, isn't it? So that competitiveness was just a fucking – it was a driving force to me yeah 100% like I even now will sometimes jump into the manor office with the boys just to get that kind of like hunger it's, it's a it's yeah. a addiction it is you know same with doing the deal you just once you do a deal you just want another one and another one and another one there's never enough yeah um, and we're fortunate enough to you know the eastern suburbs is such a fast paced environment mm. and so competitive mm. so every day it's like you know as every week passes it's like if you don't get a listing or you don't get a sale to me, that's a failure. Yeah. You know? You're falling further into the abyss as it goes yeah. by too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You touched on something interesting, which was it can feel as though it's never enough. Have you had experiences yeah. where you're like getting, I guess, too consumed with this destination addiction and it consumes you as yeah. a person? What's yeah. And that's why I think it's very important to celebrate the wins. Um, my team individually, we did probably one of our biggest months. Last month, we did $20 million worth wow. of real estate ah. just in February. Massive. Yeah, which was good. Um, this month, we should be you know, on track to hopefully repeat it. Um, so, you know, but you have to celebrate the wins. You can't get consumed just by the drug of the deal. It's mm. got to be, you've got to sit down and go, fuck, man, that was, that was a really good run. Everyone did a good job and then celebrate it, you know, but... We're not out having lunch after those deals. We're on to the next mm. one. Um, but, you know, we, we may do like end of quarter catch-ups or something like that. But Why in a marketplace when it feels everyone's going backwards and you're, you seem like you're doubling? How's that happen? I think, um, I think once, you know, real estate agents get the hit and the win, <clears throat> they become very lethargic and lazy. Mm. Um, me, myself, when I was younger, I, you know, I'm guilty of, of doing it. I was like, I got to win. That's it. I'm going to level six. We're going to have parties, you know, all the boys. <laughs> let's go. I just did a deal. But now I'm just like, it's, you, you got to have the abundance mentality mindset mm. and you've got to have the consistency, mm. um, you know, in, in repeating your, you know, your, your work month after month after month. Because all in all, if you keep doing it, then that's progression. And progression for me and my team and, and TRG, you know, that's, that's our, pretty much our, our motto, our go-to. Mate, within this seven minutes of this podcast already, it seems like you're very much into personal development just by the way you're talking. Yeah. Can you talk to us a bit about what you do for personal development? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm fortunate enough to, to work alongside Gav. So I've got him every day. Um, he's you know, one of the best real estate agents in Australia. Mm. Um, along with that, him you know, sort of mentoring me. I've also got... I listen to Josh Fegg and Alex yeah. Phillips. I love the those great. dudes, man. Like every Monday I hit it on on the, the podcast and I send it through to my team. Um, I'm also listening to the, the Panos and John McGrath podcast. Like I'm just trying to educate myself, you know, as much as I can because, mm. you know, they're the best in the business and, you know, that it, what, they're, what they're saying to you is actually, you know, very relevant to your everyday conversations mm. with vendors. So are you getting, that's, that's a bit are of, you getting a haircut every day as well in a massage? No, was that, was that one of the questions? That was one of the questions, No massages, but I like to keep clean, man. I like yeah. to keep, you know, a good haircut, style, nice clothes, all that stuff. I, weekly, um, I'll go get a chop from my, from my friend Simon down at, down at Bondi. But other than that, you know, um, just the usual stuff. What about routine-wise with gym and wake yeah. up and what's that look like? Yeah, so every day, 4.45, 
Four forty five. Um, yeah, alarm goes. Sunday off. too? Not Sundays. Sunday's rest day. But yeah. I can show you through on our team thread. Four forty five yeah. I'll send off a message to my team. They respond instantaneously. They're all up at four forty five. They're training. Renee's training, who's my operations manager, Jai's training, who's the our sales executive in the team. Um, and we all send like an emoji or something to each other to know, you know right. that we're awake, <clears throat> keeping each other accountable. Mm. And then I'll train. I'll be in here at eight o'clock, um, ready to go. He'll be in at eight. Renee will be in at eight, and then we just, you know, smash the day. Have a little meeting together first, and then smash the day. How important is it to have your team in line, not just in work, but you've got your team in line out of work too? Yeah. Uh, it's it's super important, man. And mm. communication, like I always harp on about communication with vendors. As as a team leader, if you not if you don't have the communication, you know, rolling mm. consistently, rolling, we check in with each other hundreds of times a yeah. day, man. Like it's ridiculous. It's always popping off, um, you know. And it's more of an accountability thing, mm. right? So on and off the field, we need to know what each other, you know, what we're doing. Cool. It builds my massive momentum. I reckon the staying on top of each other, Absolutely. keeping each other accountable. Absolutely. And targets, GCI mm. targets, goals, everyone needs to be across it because it's, it, it benefits all of us. Mm. So we are all fighting and striving for the same thing. For sure. Yeah. Um, I've got a question here from one of the listeners that I'm really keen to know about too. How did you break into the luxury market and what main source of prospecting did you do? Because I've, no, yeah. I've noticed recently, especially this year, you're starting to have some really big listings. Yeah. How have you broken into it's, that? It's just relationships. It really is. Like I've been you know, hounding and hounding people for years on end uh, with results that we've been achieving, building trust year after year. Yeah. You know, like some of the houses that we've sold, um, you know, in recent times, I've been talking to them for five years, mm. you know, but it's just, it looks on the outside, like this guy's smashing, bang, 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 bang. We are, but we, it takes time to, yeah. to build those relationships and build that trust with those people and other results so they get the confidence in you um, to finally sell with you. How did they, how do you get a $20 million owner to yeah. trust you with the sale of their property when, you haven't actually sold at that level yet because yes, you may be building the trust and saying, hey, we sold this eight, hey, yeah. we sold this for 10, but you haven't sold anything at 20. How did they end up trusting you at that point? Well, there's, there's two different ways. So number one is you show them your work ethic. You show them, if it's, if it's a $500,000 unit, if you're working harder than anybody else on that $500,000 unit, mm. if I'm a $20 million homeowner, <clears throat> I don't give a shit about the price of my home. I want to sell with a young, hungry, energetic agent that is going to give me the same service that he's mm. given that, that $500,000 unit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's one option. Number two is you leverage your team. So if I'm not selling and I haven't had experience selling, for instance, a $25 million house, but Gav has mm. or Ollie has or one of the boys have, then I will talk about their sale. I'll talk about their experience. I'll probably bring them in with me. Like you have to be relevant to that owner. Mm. Um, but if, you've, if, if you haven't sold at 20, but you've sold at 15, then you should have enough confidence to jump up that other, that other five mil, you know? Yeah. And again, it just, it's all about results. Were you nervous walking into first multi-million dollar listings? Yeah, mm. yeah. At first, I was. Is it just experience yeah. that? Just, just, up? just, just like with everything, like this, like with filming, like with everything. It's just more. The more you do it, the less scary it becomes. Yeah. How has uh as Lux being on featured on Lux listings has that driven any business to you out of curiosity? Yeah, it's more so. 
it's not an awkward moment when I meet an, mm. a cold owner for the mm. first time. It's, it acts as an icebreaker. Mm. So they'll be like, oh, you're the dude from the show. And I'll be like, ah, <laughs> oh, fuck, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, did they, it's, it's, it's easy. Like, it's laughable. Um, he becomes an attraction agent and an yeah, attraction boyfriend as well. It's, it's, it's just funny because we can relate to things yeah. already. Whereas, you know, that awkward moment that like when you're first getting into the real estate game, you're like, mm. oh, I, I like your curtains. I saw them, <laughs> you know, in Harvey. Like, this is a weird comment. You yeah. know, you don't have, you can avoid all of those weird comments if they're the one who, who already say to you, your face is, you know, very recognizable. So it's good. It works as an icebreaker. Have I benefited as much as Gav? Definitely not. But, you know, it's, uh, it's yeah. still worked pretty well for me. Mate, it looks like it's worked really well. Hardest part about getting started as an agent? Now, with you, it seems like you transitioned and you kind of exploded. So from the outside looking in, it doesn't seem like you had too much of a hard start. Is yeah. that true? Yeah, oh, mate, I had a hard start. Yeah, yeah. but I, I never did property management. Mm. I went straight into sales when I was 19 years old. I was working in Dalichul, Marrickville, and I was thrown completely in the deep end. I yeah. had a Hungarian Jewish boss that didn't <laughs> give a shit about, like, hard as nails, man. I love her for it. Just like, Kai, you do sales, that's it. No Sing experience, no training, no nothing. Bang, just, just go out there and, and try and make mm. it work. So I just scraped together as much, you know, training I could by... There was no real podcast back then either, so I just listened to the older guys in the office... Um, and try and gather as much as, but you, you can't learn until you do it, till you're in it, right? You got to fail. You never fail. You just learn, right? Mm -hmm. So finally got my first deal, which was a, a split level one bedroom apartment in Redfern, like 300 grand. And I was pumped about it. I was like, I'm going to get, it's payday. And I'm going to smash it. And I got like two and a half grand for it. Yeah, would have felt but, like a million bucks back yeah, then too. It, the feeling of, of the win and connecting and finding the buyer and, and performing for the seller, that to me at that point in time was the best feeling in the world. You know, mm. so it's that adrenaline rush. Yeah, exactly. And that's just just, you know, snowballed over the years. You know, from a three hundred and ninety three thousand dollar apartment in Redfern to selling a fourteen million dollar waterfront in, mm. in Marine Parade in Watson's Bay, you know, there's there's just amazing um, stories mm. uh, that that we can go through. What would you say has been the most difficult part of being in real estate in your career so far? Um Oh man, it's just, there's ups and downs. If, if you can't handle rejection, then it's not for you. It's an emotional roller coaster, as we all know, right? You can go from the highest to highs and the lowest to lows. Mm. You can have a, a relationship with a client for six years and they can turn on you, you know, from some other thing that's annoying. Like nothing's ever promised to you, man. You don't, you don't owe anyone anything and anyone can change at any point in time. So it's just about... You know, if you, the hardest thing is losing relationships after building them for such a long time. Um, but you get over that with experience. The longer you do it, the easier everything mm. becomes. And you won't lose those relationships if you do the mm. right thing. So it, it's, it's all about learning this game. For sure. And, and you obviously need a good why to pull you through the bad days too, yep. the hard days. What's yep. Kai's why? I think my why is just I just want to build up a really good foundation. I want to build a solid super team. Um, and then one day when I do have, you know, a wife, kids, family, all that stuff, I just want to, you know, not be stressed about it. Mm. I just want to 
you got you boys are going to Joey's, play rugby, do your thing. I don't have to scrounge around for anything. Like mm. I just want it to be smooth. You yeah. know, that's pretty much my why. <clears throat> a frictionless, a frictionless life. Absolutely. Yeah. And I want another big why for me is I, I want my team to to smash it as well. They've got their own personal families and things going on. So if I'm winning, then they're winning as well. And mm. I think you know having that frictionless life is mm. it, it's perfect for everyone. Mm. No one wants stress. You know, in their in their personal lives. So I think that this industry is, you know, a huge key to unlocking that. Definitely. What about you mentioning foundations? Do you invest outside of your business of real estate? For example, things like property, yeah. crypto shares. Is it? Yeah. What? What? Yeah, so yeah. So I, your yeah, mindset. Around I went on. I, I did the whole uh, Bitcoin train, right? <laughs> so I jumped aboard. Um, yeah, a few I of don't, I, don't, I don't regret it. Anything. I mean, yeah. As I said before, I, mean, I think we're only forty percent down. Yeah. <laughs> now, so <laughs> only forty um, percent. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a bit of a journey, but listen, I don't regret anything. Um, property <clears throat> will always be the main passion that I have. Bricks and mortar. You can't really go wrong if you're investing in the right in the right places. Mm. Um, other than that it's just yeah i mean i just stick to, to bricks and mortar just stick to property hopefully build the investment portfolio further and and yeah definitely now you're around not just yourself being a successful agent but you're surrounded by a bunch of killers yep. what are the main things that you've learned from the guys like gav uh ollie and the rest of them yeah well yeah i mean i mean myself gav and ollie were the, were the original kind of sales guys mm. with support from Remy, and then we had Jerome as well. So we mm. were the starting five um, with TRG. Um, so literally, Ollie and Gav have been my brothers since day dot. You know, we've, we've, we've gone through huge you know, wins together and huge losses together, um, you know, with building TRG and also in our personal lives. So I think um, the, the main things that I've, that I've kind of harnessed from, from those guys, from Gav and Ol, working next to me, is if I'm feeling shit and I'm mm. feeling down, then they can kind of boost it up. If mm. if I lose a listing and Ollie gets a listing, that motivates me to go and get a listing because I'm like, he fucking got one. Why am I not getting one? Do you know mm. what I mean? And mm. vice versa. And if you know, I Gav, feel the same. And Gav pushes like yeah. a fucking like crazy person <laughs> as well. So it's it's good, you know. Tell us how he pushes you. Like I hear, I've heard that before that Gav yeah. really pushes and, and keeps everyone really accountable. Yeah, yeah. How? I think with me, I'm not being biased here. I think he picks on me more than anyone because I'm the. Fo- I used to be the naughtiest out of everyone when I was younger. I was, wasn't focused, like, and all of this. Yeah. And then I've just changed my whole mindset and my whole everything is just so structured now and regimented now. From when I wake up till I go to sleep, ticking off tasks, getting things done, progressing each day. And the big thing for me is when I would want to cut a corner or do something i just visualize what the fuck would gab do right now and he, he, i know that he'd rip my head off if i if i tried to you know mm. so with working alongside him for many years it just it taught me to to do things properly and do things the right way um rather than fucking 99 of other agents would just cut corners mm. i think well, sorry no you're... i think 99 of other agents would also in terms of when when an agent or associate's given a given a hard line, hey, you're doing something wrong, you need to change it. Yeah. A lot of times, where I'm seeing a lot of the younger generation, they're kind of backing off from it. Yeah. They're not taking it in their stride and yeah. actually going forward and changing. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I just think that the new mentality of the of some of the young guns, um, 
they just they just look at the the glitz and the glamour and and the <clears throat> fast cars and the and the awesome results and they think that they can just get it in a heartbeat, um, and that's not you know the truth. Mm. It's not that's not how things work. You've got to build up gradually to get to that to that place. Fortunately, in here. I looked around the room and the young guys here, fucking they, if you tell them that they're doing something wrong, they'll listen to you. Mm. And they will take that information into their arsenal and then they will learn from it time after time. I know Jai, you know, him and I have daily catch-ups of how we can improve his dialogue, how we can improve his approach. And, mate, that fucking guy is just... He's taking that information out and it makes me, like, so proud to see it. Mm-hmm. And he's using that out in, into the, you know, in, into the world. So all the clients are seeing that this mm-hmm. dude is just changing. He's going to be an awesome agent, you know, but he'll have his own team one day and do his own mm-hmm. thing. But there is a lot of other younger people in the industry... They're just, you know, they just don't give a fuck, really. They're yeah. just like the quick wins and then just, you know, yeah. just, they're not they're quick not cash. Consistent. Yeah, yeah, does that, yeah. Um, does that play on the back of your mind as a leader when you build someone up that will eventually go out on their own and you've yeah. spent and invested all your time in that? No, that doesn't affect me. A lot of older agents, like the old school agents, I won't mention anyone's name, but they feel that they have a right to hold that person just because they help them grow. And, mate, you can't cage a human, brother. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, everyone deserves to fly. Um, and I'm, dude, like, I, I encourage it, man. Like, I, I think people need to grow. They need to fly. They need to do their own thing. And any other person who feels that they have the right to retain that person mm. is an idiot because, mm. you know, everyone deserves to, to have growth. And, and win in life. And my, my whole role is to, to do things different to, to other leaders and show them that, you know, it's possible. But um, I'm always available anyway, no matter what stage they are in their, in yeah. their career. For sure. Now, um, TRG just seems a little bit different from the office I work in. So at Manor, we will go target certain areas and we'll service one particular pocket. But it seems like you guys will kind of sell absolutely anywhere and everywhere. How do yeah. you guys set out? farm areas and stuff like that here yeah. at PRG. So it, 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 it's, it's not so much focus. Well, we have our own core areas, like um, you know, Rose Bay, Bellevue Hill, Dover Heights, North Bondi, Bondi. They're like the key areas. What's your favourite out of that? Uh, at the moment, Dover Heights. I love Dover the big Heights, boppers. man. Like it's, it's such a growth pocket. Mm. Um, we got an awesome result there recently as well. So just people are just loving you know, having eyes on Dover Heights. So I think it's an awesome area. Bellevue Hill's always been a really great area. Rose Bay, Vaucluse, with the new office, hopefully mm. we just, everyone just, you know, comes to us. We have a specific area, but it's more so the structure and the process that we run. It doesn't matter if we have the the stray barrel um, listing or Burrowdoo listing, or if we have a Palm Beach listing, mm. or if we have a Cronulla listing, a li- I think Ollie listed one, Lilypilly or something, some awesome waterfront. Mm. It's the structure and the process that we run from start to finish. It doesn't matter if it's out of our core marketplace, mm. we're still gonna treat the property mm. exactly the same as we would treat something here. I saw you have a listing, was it Barrel? Yeah. 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 So yeah, you had so, a cracker listing yeah. down in Barrel. How do you service doing an open home in Barrel and coming yeah. all the way back to the eastern yeah. suburbs? Yeah, yeah, sure. So local agents are obviously pissed off about it. But, <laughs> but the way that we run it is actually like the, the owners love it because mm. we don't stick an A-frame out the front with a flag and say, hey, it's an open, 
inspection everyone on a Saturday and Barrow would go okay cool I'll grab my coffee I'll grab my dog and I'll run through and have a look at this house because it looks cool mm. right instead we put it online we have private inspections the qualifying for the buyer pool is to another level like it's another level we find out what they bid on literally to the point of like how much have you got in your bank can you buy this house or can you not buy the house because the owners deserve <laughs> that type of service mm. right so I mean, I think we've had, uh, when we set the, the record for Baradu doing the same thing, right? So the, the Barrow house on the market at the moment we've had on the market, I think the average time on, in the market there is six months. Six uh, months. Yeah, we've, we've already generated offers within, you know, five weeks. So it just cuts out all the bullshit, the, mm. you know, the way that we would run an out-of-core area listing. Yeah. yeah. Are you guys pretty, it sounds like your models heavily focus on systems, procedures and... Yeah following a plan yeah. is that the case for how you guys operate yeah there's a blueprint there's a blueprint so mm. i mean initially gav kind of formulated it all of us have our own type of styles with it but the basic thing start to finish is you know a regimented structured campaign mm. it'll generate offers and then you know from if you run it properly you will figure out the value of the property and then you can educate the vendor and then get offers on contracts and you know they have you know an educated understanding of what the value is and they can make an informed decision of which way they want to go out of that blueprint what would you say is the biggest weapon you guys have as the tool in the toolbox offers getting offers yeah getting offers because i mean with agents right you can go to a property we can think a, a number of what the property is worth the vendors can think a number of what the property is worth but realistically we're not the ones signing the checks you know buying you know the property um, we need to figure out what the value is and the only way to figure out the value of the property is to generate offers and get offers from that you can give them to the vendor and then they can make a decision as to what which way they want to go obviously you give your opinion but mm. that's you know that that actually figures out the value yeah running that process if you don't then you're just wasting everyone's time you can be on the market for six months you can be on the market for four weeks with our one you're on the market in four weeks yeah and it's you know it's done most of the time most of the time, yeah. What's the difference um, in listing presentations when you're pitching on like a $2 million house compared to a $20 million house? Absolutely nothing. Nothing at all? No. Tone of voice, nothing? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. That's, that's the difference. Yeah. Someone will go onto a 500 grand unit and go, oh, I'm going to make two, two and a half grand or three mm. grand out of this. Mate, we're going to a, uh, a $500,000 unit studio, whatever. I'll be pitching like it's a $25 million waterfront. Mm. Mm. because it matters man mm. it's 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 the mindset of the agent <clears throat> they need to have the focus of longevity in this business doesn't matter if they've got a studio apartment their best friend could own a waterfront you know their, their cousin could own a five million dollar house in in bellevue hill you don't know so you have to treat every single person exactly the same and run the same process mm. exactly the same so sales process from the point you list it to the point that the owner is signing the contract yeah it, the sales process, in terms of what you're saying on the phone, everything's the same? Yep. Yeah. Wow. Okay. What would you say is then your success blueprint for Kai Thomas? It's, uh, mate, for me personally, I like breaking the stereotype of, of just bullshit agents. I'd <laughs> rather be transparent. I'm transparent with the buyer. They ask me what it will, you know, what will buy it. I always tell them every campaign we do is an auction campaign. I give them a range, top end of the range. We can have a discussion before the auction. Otherwise, we'll go to the auction. Um, and just transparency with that. Other agents, he goes, mate, 
they, they have conversations with me at open inspections. They're like, the, the other agent wouldn't tell us what it was worth. They wouldn't give us a price. They just told us to go. And it's just, it's just stupid because mm. the buyers become sellers eventually as well. Um, but my blueprint is pretty much just transparency. Um, what I say, when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. If, if I say to the owner, listen, we're going to be here 9 o'clock on Monday morning. We're going to fix up the property. We're going to have painters in here for a quote. We're going to have stylists in here for a quote. I make sure it happens. And that's why Renee in, in, in our business is an integral part because that's, that's her role. She's like operations. So mm. I know that the setup that we have as a team, we can deliver on what we tell them we're going to do. Yeah. You know? Super important. When dealing with buy, uh, when sorry, when pitch coming back to the question about two and twenty million dollar listings, is it harder? This is for the people that are asking, hey, yep. how do I break into this market? Is it harder to win the listing once you're in the door in a twenty million dollar house? Are you pitching harder for it? I think it's if you've done the work um, of building the relationship, then it should be easy. Okay. Right, but if you haven't and you're coming in cold mm, and you're, yeah. you know, you're Joe Blow from you know Tommy Real Estate, it'll be hard. And they've got no idea who you are, and you have no results or nothing, or you can't leverage off a, of another agent. Then it's super hard. You're yeah. on the back foot before you even enter the door. Um, but if you've been servicing them and you've been letting them know results, and you, they can see your listings and you're updating them, but not being annoying, but just mm. being relevant, then you should you know, be able to, to list it relatively easy. More top, top of mind, not a pest kind of mentality. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of first home buyers, pros and cons of uh, using a buyer's agent, this is another uh, viewer question. What do you um, think of the buyer's agents? I love buyer's agents, man. I think they're awesome. I've got a couple of buyer's agents I use um, frequently. Um, we do, we've done a lot of deals together. I think uh, they're good in two ways. Um, they're good for off-market properties for, for clients that are struggling to search and you can't provide them with you know, the properties that they're after mm. or anyone in your office doesn't have something that they want but another agency does so the buyer's agent can get him through that and have access to that. Um, the other reason they're really good is when you list a property and you're kind of discovering the value of the property yourself, you utilise buyer's agents because they've seen other similar properties and you get their feedback on value. Mm. And with that feedback on value, you can determine what the guide of your, of your uh, property will be when you take it to market. Mm. So I think they're useful and they're yep. good. Do you implement any hobbies or anything to help you through navigating real estate? Yeah, I just recently kind. started doing jujitsu. Did you? It's, yeah, very hectic. Everyone's very, getting into jujitsu recently. Very, very, very sweaty yeah, exercise, yeah. but it's great, man. Like it's it's actually um, it's mind blowing how addictive it is. You just want to get in there and just yeah. wrestle the shit out of people, <laughs> but it's 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 good. It's fun. Um, other than that, I'm at um, I'm at Soul Train in yeah. Woolloomooloo pretty much most mornings, training with my mates. Um, so just a mix of cardio and, and, and weights, and that's super fun. And then spin on Saturday mornings, man. Spin, so all of us, a yeah. couple of us guys in here, we just hit the spin sessions. So, yeah. These guys are crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty fun. But I used to play rugby. I used to play basketball, but yeah. don't really have time for that anymore. With jujitsu, is that with Harry? You're doing that with Harry too? I'm doing it down at Compound yeah. in Bondi. No, it's not yeah. with Harry. Love yeah. Harry though. I need to get yeah. back in the red square with him. So, do you yeah, do. he's been hitting me up. <laughs> in terms of um, jujitsu, because I've heard a lot of people talk about this recently. Yep. Um, what in terms of time frame of how long it takes and, and sorry how long it takes you to actually get competent enough to actually feel like you're knowing what you're doing because i've heard spoken to a few people and they said they still feel like they don't know what they're doing yeah yeah ages it takes yeah. ages man because oh, i'm man. one of the biggest dudes in the class like the 
this this young kind of instructor guy would just use me as the, the example. Yeah. So he'd just kick the shit out of me in front of everyone. He's probably uh, doing it for fun too. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's such a good different hobby to to take up because you can't touch your phone. You can't think mm. of anything. Like you have to be in the moment. Someone's coming at you. Like wow. you have to, you know, you've been there and adrenaline takes over. Mm. How long have you been so doing it for? Uh, eight weeks now. Eight I'm, fre- weeks. I'm fresh into it. Fresh. Super fresh, yeah. God yeah. Damn. How does the hair go? Is the hair get... I mean, I slick it back <laughs> and then it just goes all curly and I just look like fucking two-minute noodles. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, some last questions for me. Um, what would be your biggest piece of advice for agents that are struggling right now in this market yep. trying to break through? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's not going to be this market forever. No. So I would say just keep pushing. Just fucking make the calls. Don't get lethargic. Don't get lazy. Don't start going out during the week because you're depressed. Um, <laughs> just, just hit the calls and try and stay as structured as you can. Maybe train in the morning, clear your head. Every day is you know, a clean slate. Um, but do the work um, mm. because you know, if you do the work, then the you know, you're going to win. Would you say real estate's a numbers game? Absolutely. Hmm. Abundance mentality, man. The more calls, the more calls are better. Cool. That's it for me. Perfect. Rock and roll. Legendary. Thank you, Kai. Appreciate it, my friend. Easy. Not a problem. Brother, you killed it.